0: If we're dead in our sins, there's nothing we can do about the situation we're in. We're stuffed. We are dead. Dead things don't get up and walk. Dead things have no power over their lives. Does that make sense? And But I think the heart of our sin really is more than just breaking rules. The heart of our sin, as the Bible describes it, is rebellion against the Creator. God who made you, right, and said, this is how you would live. And we've said... No way. I'll live another way. And the stupidity of sin, sin is very, very unoriginal, right? Because the only thing we can do if we say we're not going to live God's way, we're going to invent a great new way, the stupidity of sin is all it does is the opposite to what God says, right? For instance, God says, be faithful. Right, and we'd say, we're going to invent our own new way. We're going to be unfaithful. Wow, that's pretty smart, isn't it? So we're going to hurt people and have adultery and pain and break relationship breakdowns. Yeah, good on you. Uh, you know, God says, "Our shout, not kill. We'll say, well, we'll invent lots of different ways to kill people legally <laughs> and a few illegal ones. God says, do not bear false witness and don't lie. So we'll say, right, we'll, do, we'll, we'll tell lies. <laughs> do you understand? Sin, all of sin is, is basically saying, I hear what you're saying, God, and I'm going to do the absolute opposite. Or in, in its, uh, its rebellion against God, it is saying, I despise your way. There's nothing about sin which is ever, I don't really believe in God. It's I only ever want to do the absolute opposite to God. Does that make sense? That's the heart of sin. And because we've done that, just imagine uh, if God is the creator of all, which he is, and he made you to live a certain way, and at every point you've said, I'm going to live the opposite way, that's what's caused us to be dead in our sin. It's not talking about physical death there. It's talking about a spiritual death. We've died in our relationship to God. We're separated from him. Not because of him, but because of us. Getting us in that sin and completely powerless, we can't suddenly go I've decided to be a good person and I don't know, has anyone tried to turn over a new leaf on their own maybe a good New Year's re- resolution or something, mm-hmm. I'm going to become a better person I am not going to lie this year yeah, right. anybody? Any? how yeah, did had, had it work out? you, you nailed it? <coughs> no no half an hour. Half an hour, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will always love my husband nicely. <laughs> is that what you said? No. No, right, okay. Uh, we, we are powerless, same with deadness, we are powerless to overcome as he. We're powerless to turn back. We are powerless to make ourselves acceptable to God again. What, uh, what is the, as
1: you say, we, we we're always act What's the, the roots behind that makes us do always the stupid things like this?
0: Mm. The, I, I think the root behind it, it began with the temptation in the garden mm. when um, the, the devil said to uh, Eve and, and Adam, who was standing there looking over his shoulder like a drongo, um, he, if you do eat this fruit, in other words, if you do this thing that God's told you not to do, Right. then uh, you will be like God. Like by, by reversing his law, you'll be above him. You'll be able to invent a, it. It was stupidity in the sense. It's, it's like, I don't know, I, I heard someone the other day say, it's not like God could, could have given an easier law. He, there's thousands of trees in the garden you can eat from all of them. You you're free to eat from all of them. Right? You're free to enjoy the whole garden. Yeah, uh, you, you you've got a husband and a wife in, in, in perfect harmony. Everything's good. Just you know, just done it from that one tree. Yeah, and, and like if, if it, imagine if someone uh, uh, you see uh, we were talking to a non-Christian the other day, uh, Jody was, and he said, "Well, why did God give Adam and Eve the law in the first place?" And it's like they couldn't even under, they couldn't even obey that one little tiny law. If he'd given them the whole lot. They were just broken as, as they do. You, you understand. So, at the heart of sin is going against God. Just wanting to be above Him, wanting to be better than Him. And this kills us to God. It makes us dead to Him. Sometimes in a relationship, someone will say, You're dead to me. Which means, uh, You might speak to me, but I'm not listening. You might try and contact me. I'm not. I'm not you are as far as my mind goes you're dead to me and in that sense we were dead to God in the way you used to live so understand this he's talking to Christians who have been changed this is not how they are now when you followed the ways of, the, of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit is now at work in those who are disobedient so he's talking about firstly the devil that's the uh, spirit who's at work in all those who are disobedient and his temptations to go against God And the world, in the Bible, when it talks about the world, it's talking about humanity who take up the devil's way and want to live against God. So you used to live this way. You used to basically be children of the devil, dead to God, being, at heart, disobedient. And he says, all of us who lived among them at one time, Also, sorry, also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Every one of us knows what it is to live this way, don't we? To live against God. To to do what we ought not do. To let our sinful nature take us over. To all's important, right? Because uh, sometimes, you know, uh, people say, oh, Christians are all hypocrites because they're sinners too. Well, they're true. <laughs> yep, because we're all sinners. Everyone's right? If, 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 if God said there's a, a, a bar that you can reach that would get you into heaven, and it's just, say, about 100%, we would all come in around the 0 to 1% mark. That's everybody, including Mother Teresa. Do you understand? Of our own, we can do nothing good. All we do is rebel. And all of us have lived this way. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Now, wrath means anger. What that means is God was rightly angry with us because we rebelled against him. If he is perfectly holy... And his law is perfectly good. I mean, let's face it, let's just say we lived all our life being never lying, always being faithful, never murdering, never stealing, never covering, just loving each other. You'd say that would be a pretty good life, wouldn't you? Yep. But you see, um, when, when God made his law, which is basically, in essence, to live as he lives, Right, and we said we'll do the opposite, it's right for God to be angry. It's right to be angry with sin. But people say, I don't like the thought of an angry God. Okay? Now just picture this. You see some... Uh, let's just use an example which is real. See some man beat up a woman. If you are not angry, there's something wrong with you. Do you understand that? Anger against Wrong against sin is actually right. If you see someone fly off the handle, that's a different thing. Yeah, that's sort of anger. But that's not talking about God's anger. God's anger is because he's perfect. He says, it is not right that people act this way. So he's rightly angry with sin and sinners. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so far, just to sum up, before we get to a sudden change in the conversation, all of us have sinned. All of us have rebelled against God. All of us are dead in our sins. And all of us are sitting there and God is angry with us. Oh, not sound like a very good story so far, is it? It's sounding like, uh, well, the end of everybody. But, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. Hang on. He's angry with us and he loves us. Is that possible? Well, I think you know it is. You know, to, you know it's possible to love someone you're angry with? When you, if not, wait till you have children. <laughs> then you'll know what it's like to be angry with someone you love. <laughs> yeah, um, God loved us, why did he love us? Is it because we are lovable? Feeling very lovable? No, right. It's not that actually. It's not because there was something in us that God said, oh, I find that really, really really lovely. God loves us because he's love. Because that's what he's like. He is love beyond all else. So he loves because that's his nature. Not because we're lovable, he loved because we chose to, uh, to He loves us because He chose to love us. By his free choice. Which is actually awesome because up to now, if he was looking for something lovable in us, we'd all be stuffed. Or be finished. Yeah? If it based on our lovableness. But there was nothing in the lovable <laughs> because of his great love for us. Uh, I lost my place. Uh, God, who is rich in mercy. Mercy means you receive something that you did not earn. You didn't deserve. Okay. You're going 140 down the highway. The policeman stops you. Says, "I just blocked you doing 140. You know the fine for that is thousand bucks or whatever. I'm going to let you off. <laughs> oh, you are good, you? I like you like that, did not you? met him. Haven't met that policeman. <laughs> Right, that would be mercy. What did you do? Is it because you were nice to the policeman? No, it's just because he said, I'm going to let you off. That's mercy. Do you understand? It, it, if he said, we, because you're such a nice person, right, that's not mercy. That means you've earned something. But God's mercy says, I'm going to give it to you, and you deserve nothing. That's what makes mercy, mercy. So God, who is rich in mercy... Made us alive with Christ Even when we were dead So we were dead And Christ in what he has done He has brought us to life What did he do? Well We said we were full of rebellion Against God Full of disobedience And there was nothing we could do about it So basically we were scarred And tainted and dirty To the core Forever but what Jesus has done is he has taken all of that onto himself. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, it's, 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 it's really simple if you say, um, you know, Henry, uh, you've got lots of sins. Jesus says, I'm going to take all your sins. How many sins do you now have? None. None. Right, that's it. That's simple maths, right? One take one equals zero what happened was Jesus took our sins, but the trouble was it's not just the sins, it's a punishment that goes with them, which is the wrath of God or the anger of God. So Jesus, by becoming Henry's sin, and ours as well, sorry, you're not the only sinner in the room. He took our sin and therefore he had to be punished. And he on the cross took God's anger for our sin. God, his own Father, uh, was separated from Jesus the Son because of the anger for our sin, not his own. But that's only one side of the equation. He took your sin, then Jesus, who had always been perfect, always been obedient, gave you his obedience. Not because you've been good, but because he has been good. So you receive what we call the righteousness of God. And and righteousness means perfection in in the sense of obeying the law. So what Jesus has done is taken all our sin and given us his righteousness and he's done this by his mercy. So it is by grace you have been saved. Grace means a gift, undeserved gift. Right, he did it when you. Uh, I, I think sometimes we think if someone, if you know, if we start to get a bit better, then God will save us. No, no, no. We we didn't start to do anything. He saved us by His grace as a gift when we were at rock bottom, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In other words, He lifted us up. And he's given us the glorious place of being called sons and daughters of the living God. Which is what we were created to be in the first place. Before we rebelled against him and become children of the devil. Yep. So he has raised us up and seated us in the heavenly realm. We have a glorious position. He did this or in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. In other words, we understand because of what he's done something about God that we could understand no other way. He is a gracious and loving God. Adam and Eve in the garden before they sinned never understood the grace and love of God. After he didn't kill them the moment they sinned, they understood something of his grace. And then humanity following them also not wiped out by God when Jesus came to take away sins then we understand the purity and, the, and just the wonderful nature of God's grace and love. We can understand who he is because of what he's done for us Express the incomparable riches of his grace so nothing compares to this there is nothing better than this expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus For it is by grace you have been saved. Saved from what? Saved from yourself, from your own sin. Saved from the power of the world around you. Saved from the devil. Saved from death. Saved to God. How? By grace. And by grace alone. Through faith. And this is not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Now, what is faith then? I reckon. I honestly reckon I've been a Christian for a lot of years before I understood faith, because it was this Christian buzzword, and I, I sort of just thought faith is something flairy or something. I, I just didn't get it. Okay, it might be because I'm thick. You're not supposed to nod and agreement, um, but it's okay. Thanks. Um, until I was reading a book, and it just said, "Faith is quite simply relying on God. Just trusting God." And then I thought, gee, that's a lot like simpler I understood it. But in this case, it's relying on God and what He's done through Jesus. Trusting in what Jesus has done. When we trust in what Jesus has done, and, and the other side of it, it's kind of like there's two parts to becoming a Christian. The first one, they call the word repent. And uh, repent means to turn around or to change your mind or to go in the opposite direction. To repent, you've basically got to say, there's no hope for me, I can't save myself. I am that child of wrath. I am that disobedient person. So you've got to own up to yourself. That's repent. Say to God, I am the one who's wrong. And then believe or have faith or trust in Jesus. In other words, I can't save myself, you can save me. Repent and believe. I can't save myself, but I trust in Jesus on the cross to take away my sins. Repent and believe. Does that make sense? That's how you become a Christian. And then you've got to give your money to the church. And you... No, it's just <laughs> <laughs> uh, People are always adding something on to what it is to be a Christian. Uh, you've got a certain level of whatever religious behaviour. But that's not right. Because otherwise, what you're really saying is, you do need Jesus, but you've got to save yourself by giving money, by blah, blah, blah. You can't save yourself by doing anything. You just need one thing. You need Jesus to save you. And if he saves you, you're saved. So repent and believe. Turn from yourself to God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. In other words, God even gave you the ability to believe and trust in him. It is the gift of God not by works, okay? It's not by doing good things. Not by earning it. So that no one can boast. If you ever find a, pr- a proud Christian who says, how good am I? Look at what I've done. Aren't I better than everybody else? Or are I better than at least somebody else? You've got someone who does not understand that all we have is Jesus. And if you want something to show off about, it's how good Jesus is, not how good we are. Okay? For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Is that what it says, workmanship?
1: Handy work.
0: Handy work. Other Other Bibles say God's masterpiece. It's kind of this thing, what used to happen in the old days, apparently, when you did an apprenticeship, just say you were uh, going to become a carpenter. And I've seen one of these, very old. I'll uh, But if you're going to become a carpenter, From day one, you started a project, let's say it was a four-year apprenticeship, and you worked on this project, even though you were doing other work and learning along the way, the whole time through your apprenticeship, and at the end, you had this perfect thing. What we saw was in a, a museum in a place in South Australia, and it was a pram, and the pram was completely made of wood with suspension Wooden wheels, wooden axles, there wasn't nails, everything was jointed together. You could see this had taken somebody years, and that was their masterpiece. They had built it, uh, and then they were qualified because they'd done that. That's what you are to God. God has rebuilt you, and He's made you to be kind of a masterpiece. Uh, his handiwork is what does mine say? Uh, workmanship. But you, but how we how did he create you to like? So what he's saying. By the way, this crown is perfect. It had to be perfect because you see, you didn't you didn't get qualified. If you had a wonky wheel, they'd say, "Well, you're not a you're not a tradesman. So you replace that wheel and redo it properly." How did you get made perfect in Christ Jesus? He has made you perfect. He has recreated you from an old wooden stump to being a masterpiece. You, recreate, you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now that you're a Christian, the most incredible thing happens you can actually do good work with yourself. You actually do it because you love Jesus. You want to do good works. It's not a hopeless situation again. You've got a heart Because when you believe in Jesus, God gives you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives you a desire. Instead of lying, gives you a desire to tell the truth. Instead of stealing, it gives you a desire to be honest. Not lying, but truth. It gives you that desire. You You still mess up sometimes, but your heart has been changed and you desire what's right because in Christ Jesus, you have been recreated into this masterpiece that actually does good work, which God prepared in advance for you to do. God prepared even the work you do. He's driving you towards them and he prepared you in advance to do them. Now that kind of is the story of the whole of the Bible. That's kind of the story of the whole of Scripture. That's the place where we live every day in this passage here. We're in a hopeless situation. Christ saved us. We're not in a hopeless situation now. We can do good works in him. He has saved us, he's washed us, he's cleansed us, he's made us new. And uh, it's a glorious thing to be a Christian. There is nothing better because we actually have a hope and a joy and a a holiness, sinlessness that uh, can't be bought. It can't be earned. It is awesome to be a child of God. I think we've got any questions on that.